Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we are glad to be in your house this morning. Glad, Lord, to worship you. An opportunity, Lord, to step outside of our uh, daily walks and to come into your sanctuary and be reminded that you are a great and mighty God. Lord, we ask for forgiveness for those things and those struggles and those areas that we have not given up to you that are still idols in our lives. And Lord, as we talk about reconciliation today, I pray that even now you'd be opening our hearts to allow us to understand the way that you love people. That Lord, we might be able to grab a hold apart, a small piece, something, a hope to find right relationship with others and with you. Lord, we don't do it right. We haven't done it right. We know that you understand right relationship and that it requires sacrifice. And we come to you reminded that Jesus was on that cross for my sacrifice. That he went to that cross for each and every one of us. May we not get lost in other things. That is where it is important. Lord, I pray as we read your word this morning that it would be powerful. That we would see Hosea's love for his wife and the reflection of God's love for his people. That as we look at your word, Lord, it would be powerful because you have created this awesome illustration of who you are. May it be a part of our lives. Lord, we are so thankful to be in your house today. In your name we pray. Amen. The scripture this morning isn't all that long, but it's the whole chapter. So let's do the, we're going to do chapter uh, 3. And we've been talking about Hosea. And I've been talking about this story, kind of like just kind of alluding to it the last two weeks. And we're going to actually look at this story in chapter 3 today and dig a little bit deeper. And I'm going to ask you to, to think about this story in two ways. First, from Hosea's perspective of the person who redeems or reconciles with someone who doesn't deserve it. And then I want you to think about Gomer's perspective, reconciled and redeemed And how she must have felt in the midst of all of this. Hosea 3, chapter, or verse 1. The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. 
So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same way toward you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Lord God, who are we that you would even care about us? We are your children. And although we don't deserve it, you love us so. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that it would be powerful because you are powerful, that it would be working on our hearts and in our lives. Lord, I realize that in our humanness, we can't do the things of your word. Without your spirit working through us, we fight a losing battle. And so, Lord, I ask that your spirit would come upon us this morning, that you would give us those supernatural power and understanding to your words. That, Lord, we could be in some ways like Hosea, who was able to do something that goes against and went against his whole grain of life. It went against his emotions and his feelings. It went against what might have seemed right to all those around him. And that you directed his path very plainly. So Lord, I ask that you would direct our path this morning. That you would open our eyes this morning. That you would place upon our hearts this morning those that we need to reconcile with. Those that we need to make right relationship with. That Lord, this word, this passage would change our lives today. And for some, it may be right relationship with you first and foremost. And so, Lord, I ask that that would be on those hearts as well. May we seek you this morning like we've never chased after you before. May we run the race set out in front of us because you have placed it in our path. You have set that path before us. May we run with abandon. In your name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So, <laughs> good morning. Now, you need to know that a lot of this cl- group was in at the chili cook-off last night, all right? So if something doesn't smell all right, <laughs> give it a break today. It might be Bobby, yeah. If, it, if something doesn't smell all right, it was Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, if I can't breathe, I'm not going to be able to talk. That doesn't work. Yeah, not always. <laughs> 
Hey, this is like the ultimate. I, this is like kismet. Kenny on one side, Bobby on the other. Does it get any better than this? I know. I just got to say that, the, that I really do appreciate all those um, who invited friends and family and coworkers and uh, just stepped out uh, to make the chili cook-off successful. Um, it's really cool when you don't know 30 or 40 people. Uh, it might have been more than that last night because it was, we had to f- get overflow tables in the, in the locker room in order to get everyone seated, which is a great problem, right? Uh, so uh, I'm excited. I, I'm, it was exciting to be a part of that. Um, this week, again, we're, on, uh, we're talking about what is love. Whoa, what the heck? Yeah, that's the wrong end. Can you get me back, Brian, to like... Thank you, sir. I knew you would be, because you're awesome. No, get me to what is love. My, uh, the PowerPoint right at the beginning. Thank you, sir. I think you were just on the other end of it. You're all right. I don't care what you're... <laughs> Thank you, Brian. I'm teasing you. So we've been talking about what is love, and you may remember that a couple weeks we talked about taking responsibility for our faith. That was the first week. And then last week we talked about romance God's way, and what does love look like from God's perspective. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, digging into that. I've talked about this chapter as just, I just kind of alluded to it during the um, time we uh, we were talking the last couple weeks, but I really want to dig in a little bit because thinking about this idea that Hosea would redeem his wife, by the way, this is the third time, <coughs> excuse me, this is the third time he would uh, go get her, right? And this time he buys her back. Um, that's challenging. Uh, and so we're going to talk about reconciliation because I, one, I know it's not all that easy, right? And I don't believe in our, our natural abilities that we really have the capability to do a very good job at that. And I, I believe that that's, that really only comes with God's help in your life. It's hard to reconcile broken relationships. That is not an easy fix, right? And so, so for me to really understand this, this scripture, I got to understand that I need Jesus to step in the, in the gap for me in order to reconcile uh, some struggles in my life because I don't have what it takes in my natural ability to do that on my own. So you may remember that uh, that's my, uh, my nice little thing to remind us that we're on week three. It, we're in the red, just in case you didn't catch on to that. And four, I want to talk about uh, reconciliation. And so I, I always like to have, those are nice big words, right? And um, and so I like to share the definition or the understanding of reconciliation. And I think the top one does a pretty good job. It says the act of causing two people or groups to become friendly again after an argument or a disagreement. Right, and I put the extra there, right relationship. Right? When we sinned, we were in broken relationship with God. Right? And we can't reconcile that uh, because God turned his back on that sin. And the only way that was reconciled was with the blood of Jesus on the cross. And so that's, that's a, an awesome 
reminder of that reconciliation. But we're not able to do that on our own. Uh, we're not able to, to patch uh, our hearts back together on our own. And if we're honest, we're not really good at it, are we? And if we're really honest, we're really bad at it. Given the opportunity, we don't do a good job uh, at, at reconciling. So God's, God, is in His infinite wisdom, uses Hosea to show a sermon, a life illustration. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to be the prophet Hosea, right? And I do need to make mention of this. It happens to be that his wife is the adulteress in this example. Um, you need to know that that's not because she's a woman. Um, it could have gone the other way just as easily, right? It could have been a prophetess with a man who was an adulterer. So I, I, want, I just make mention of that because sometimes um, we, we put adultery uh, in the... I mean, you remember the, uh, the woman uh, that Jesus is talking to and he draws a line in the sand, right? And she was considered an adulteress, right? What they don't tell you in that story, what's not really mentioned in that story, is there was a man there too, right? There's, a, there's the other half of the party was there somewhere, and he's not mentioned at all in that, that thing. It takes two to tango, right? I, don't, I think my grandma used to say that. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how to tango, so if you guys know how to tango, we knew we could. Um, but I want to talk about reconciliation God's way. The way that He does reconciliation. Not the way that you've learned to do reconciliation, because here's, here's what we do. We learned that if, if you're all right, then, um, and if you treat me right, then I'll treat you right. Um, that's what we've learned, right? And if you wrong me, you're done, right? For some people, you're done for the day or a week. For some people, you're done for life, right? I know a family that fought over uh, costume jewelry. Jewelry. They fought over costume jewelry for over 10 years, and three sisters did not talk for 10 years over a little box of costume jewelry that was their mother's. They refused to recognize. Now, obviously, we all know that that was not the problem, right? It wasn't the jewelry. <laughs> but the reality is we are terrible at reconciling and, and getting right with God's people or right with any people. And, and we're just not real good at it. And so we're going to look at the way God does it because if we looked at the way man did it, it would be a mess. We know how that works. So we're going to look a little bit different today. And, we're, and the first thing that, that happens in this passage is that Hosea extends grace to Gomer. Let me read it to you. It says, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again. Mind you, this is the third time that she had left. Go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. Do you realize that Hosea had to go and buy back his wife? That means he went to an auction house. He went somewhere to buy his wife Back. Do you realize how embarrassing it had to have been to be the guy that went looking for his wife, finds her as a slave of some sort, and has to buy her back? And all the people know exactly what's going on in the situation. They know that she has been unfaithful. And God says, Hosea, go find your wife and buy her back. 
It doesn't describe, but it, it, it could very easily be that, that Gomer was one of those slaves, or uh, was one of uh, the prostitutes uh, in front of the idols. And if you don't know how that works, this is how it works. This is how messed up it was. There were women who hung around these idols. And part of the cult and the idea, this is why God despised it so, was that they were there for free sex anytime that someone wanted. And that was, that was the worship. And it happened just wherever it happened, it happened. And it was just out in the open and just going on right there. Messed up. Messed up. Very easily, that's what she could have been doing. I, it doesn't tell us exactly what was going on there. But either way, she had a reputation, and Hosea knew it. And yet, he had to go get her. It reminds me of a song, and if you know this song, you can laugh. If you don't, just tolerate me, and it'll be okay. You may remember a Kenny Rogers song called Loose Wheel. Right? 400 children? No. All right. Four hungry children, right? Do you remember that song? If you know that song, you're old, okay? Just want you to put that out there right now. No. Or your grandparents. My grandparents, yeah. Or your grandparents sang it and you just remember. Right? He talks about his wife leaving him with kids. Do you realize that Gomer left and Hosea was forced to take care of these children and the house and supply the needs of that family when she just out and up and walked out. And any of us would say, well, you know what? She gets what she deserves. And we probably would even go as far as to say as, Hosea, you're a fool if you take this woman back. She is wrong, right? The three strike rules in play, right? The three strike rules in play. This is her third strike. God says, go buy her back. Don't go get her. You're going to have to buy her this time. You know what he buys her for? 15 shekels of silver and some uh, grain. You know why? Because he didn't have enough money to buy her for what she was to be bought for, which was 30 shekels for a woman slave. He took everything he had, 15 shekels of silver and some grain, to buy her back. Everything he had in his possession was used to buy back the wife that had been unfaithful to him. Gutsy move, if you ask me. Tough move, if you ask me. He had to offer God's grace and be an example for God's people of His grace. And I don't know about you, but that is, uh, might be a tough pill to swallow for you this morning. And in some way, some shape, and some form, to love her more than he loved her before. How does that work? Right? It doesn't work in man's thought process, but it works obviously in God's plan. And so what does that mean for us? It means that we need to offer grace. See, we're really good at God's taking grace, right? I'm really good. If I give it you grace, it's, that's easy. But 
when I have to offer grace, oh, that's harder, right? I begin to, to put the balancing scales, right? I want, I want grace. I want, it, I want it easy, and I want it nice, and I want it to be clean and smooth. Uh, but when I have to give it, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little like, okay, should I offer grace this time? This is the third strike. Should I do it this time? Yeah, right? I don't know, right? The lost sheep comes to mind because that parable is in the midst of uh, when Jesus is talking uh, and he's hanging out with sinners. You and I, right? I just want to make that clear, right? God, Jesus is hanging out with sinners and the Pharisees come and they're like, what the heck are you doing hanging out with sinners and tax collectors? What are you doing? And they're making fun of him almost, right? And what does he say? He responds, the 99 aren't the ones who need me. It's the one lost one who needs me that I'm, I'm after. It's the one who is lost and the one who is missing. I'll leave the 99 for that one who needs me. By the way, you're the one. Just want you to think about that today. Right? We're all the one. We're the one who needs Jesus to find us. If I get to page two, we'll be good. Ha ha. Reconciliation God's way also means doing things different uh, moving forward. Hosea tells her, mind you this, uh, I, I need you to know this. Hosea didn't make a deal with Gomer before he bought her back. Just keep that in mind. He didn't sit down and say, listen, this is how it's going to be, woman. And if it's this way, I'm going to buy you back. And if not, you can stay where you're at. It's not what he said, did he? He bought her back, took her home, and then he told her, we're going to live together and you're not going to be a prostitute anymore and I'll behave the same way. And then we're reminded that the Israelites uh, would be the same, do the same thing. See, there's a change of heart there. Reconciliation shows that uh, obviously if this was going to work, Hosea had a change of heart, Gomer had a change of heart. They were doing things a little bit differently than they originally had done. They were doing things that uh, they hadn't done it this way before, right? It hadn't worked before. And so they were going to have to change and go on a different route. And moving forward, they were going to do something that they hadn't done before. And you know where reconciliation is probably hardest? It's probably hardest here, right? It's probably hardest here because we always answer for the other person. And that's what we do. We realize that, or we say, well, I tried to talk to that person and they don't want to talk to me, so obviously they don't like me and they don't want to reconcile. When we, a lot of times we've never sat down, spent any time, and tried to reconcile. A lot of times I'll ask people, have you sat and worked through this? Have you tried to work through this? They're like, I already know what they think. I already know the answer to my question. I don't have to ask. They wouldn't have acted that way if they weren't something wrong with them, right? It's challenging, but 
understanding that we have to do something different and do it in a different way. Something has to change moving forward. God's people were doing things that were not right in Hosea's time. And he makes a point of it. And he says, listen, you're not going to be able to continue to do those things. The raisin cakes, you know what they were doing? Those raisin cakes were made for idols. They would make those raisin cakes and then take them and offer them as sacrifice to the idols. And he says, listen, there's going to be a time when that doesn't work. And that's not what I want you to do anymore. And you know what the punishment's going to be? You're not going to have a king. If you don't know about the Israelites, they always wanted a king, right? God says, I'm king enough for you. And they always said, no, give us a king. Remember that? That started way back. All right, fine, I'll give you a king. He's not a very good king, right? Saul comes and goes. And then if you, if you read the Old Testament, you'll see another king and another king and another king. And there was lots of kings, but they were always the same king set up. It didn't meet the standard. And in this scripture, he says, listen, you're going to go a long time without a king. And if, I don't know if you caught that, but that alludes to the king who would come in the New Testament, the King Jesus. He says the line of David. Did you catch that? Uh, he talks about uh, looking for the line of David. That Messiah who would come in future years. Things were not going to be the same. Oh, finally it reminds us that there needs to be a change of heart. There needs to be something different in your heart. The scripture says after this the sons of Israel return and seek the Lord their God. What they had not been doing, right? They had been not been seeking God wholeheartedly. And they will come trembling to the Lord and His goodness in the last days. Still holding hope that the Israelites would come back. That the Israelites would turn and come the new way that God had asked for them. There doesn't have to be what it's always been. Reconciliation is a, there's an opportunity to do it God's way and to change things. For those of you who are struggling with that idea, the idea of reconciling with someone or some person or some group, something, I, I, I want to encourage you this morning to not give up. To not give up trying to do it God's way. And for sometimes and some things, this is what it needs to take. It needs to take that we just take it to God. That we request to God our struggles with another person. That we want to reconcile, but, but sometimes adding our voice and speaking our mind and sharing what's the truth is not always uh, the best method. Sometimes it's a matter of getting in the prayer closet and pray, uh, presenting our requests to God. Because if there's one thing I know about God, His timing is perfect. Is it not? His timing is perfect. And I just got to tell you that I love those examples in my own life where I'm, I'm praying about what to do or when to do it and how to say it. And this is going to be really awkward and I got to catch up with somebody and then God puts it right on your heart and he, 
and he lays out the plan. It just so happens that by coincidence you meet this person and you cross paths and you have a chance uh, to share and to deal with what's going on. Those aren't coincidences, are they? Those are chances to offer grace of God. To find right relationship with God's people. There's a story of Corey Tenboom. Do you know? Do you know who Corey Tenboom was? She she uh, she hid Jews uh, during World War II. Um, but in the process of hiding Jews, she would hide them in her attic, and she would she had secret doors to try to protect them from being killed. And in the process of that, she got caught. And her and her sister and her father all went to a concentration camp. And in the process of being in that concentration camp, her sister died and her father died. And she only lived because there was a clerical error that spared her life. Somehow she got in the, a different, uh, on a different list and was able to, and survived it. And she was at Raven, Ravensbuck is where she was at. When the, when the Second World War II when it was over, she went back to Germany. And she went back to Germany to share her faith in Christ. She went back to tell people that even though she had been through all these atrocities, that she was able to find grace for those who had harmed her and hurt her. And so she would go and speak to, to Germans and, and help them understand that. And one time she was at a, a speaking engagement and she's sharing her story, her testimony of how God had worked in her life and as she's talking, she looks out into the crowd and she, she meets eyes with a guy. And, she, and when she meets eyes with that guy, she said, the very second I met eyes with him, I knew exactly who he was. And my mind went like this right back to the concentration camp. And in the midst of that concentration camp, she remembered the story and she watched her sister die slowly and painfully. And what they would do to women in that concentration camp was would, they would make them take showers and walk past all the guards with no clothes on. They humiliated those women. And she said, I could remember doing that over and over again. And she said, I was terrified. This guy was in the in the room, and she said, I could not believe that that was the guard uh, who, was, who had done that, one of the guards who had done that to me. And she said, I hoped against hope that he didn't know who I was. And as things were finishing up, sure enough, doesn't he come forward, and he comes to talk to her. And as he comes to talk to her, he says, I was in Ravensbuck. And she said, I figured out really quickly that he didn't remember who I was, but I surely would have never forgotten who he was and he puts his hand out and he said I just want to ask for forgiveness for the things I've done he said what I did was atrocious but now I'm a Christian and I realize that God's grace is big enough to forgive those things in my life and he said will you forgive me and she said I stood there and it felt like I stood there for a month she said, I thought the whole world stopped as I tried to rationalize what I was going to do. Do I put my hand out? I, I this guy was the person who played a part in my sister's death, who humiliated me day after day. And she said, I just didn't know what to do. She said, she stood there 
just paralyzed by this man in front of her as he had his hand out. And finally, she grabbed his hand and gave him a big hug. And she said, it was the love I experienced was nothing that I'd ever experienced before. To be able to offer grace to someone who did not deserve that grace. For someone who had treated me so poorly, who had humiliated me, who had played a part in my sister and my father's death. She said, he didn't deserve any of that. But she said, you know what? My faith compelled me to reach out. And she said she cried in his arms, knowing full well that that was God's love and God's grace. And understanding, she said, for a new, a new understanding, that that was how God felt in those moments that he had been wronged. And he still put his hand out and loved us. If you're one of the one, this morning, I would encourage you, I would, I would encourage you to find this Jesus. Because that quote says it all, right? It seems really crazy to leave 99 to get one. And that is what he did for you and he did for I. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning and we, we know that we are broken, hurting, injured people who need your love. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who doesn't have a relationship with you, who doesn't have right relationship with you, who knows all about you but has not made that profession of faith, has not invited you to be a part of their life. Lord, I pray for that person this morning. Because your scripture reminds us that anyone who calls upon your name shall be saved. There's nothing too bad. There's nothing too far. There's, no, there's nothing removed us far away from you. That we can't have relationship with you. That's hard to fathom in our minds that you would reconcile the hurts and the pains and the struggles that we have caused in other people's lives. And yet, you do. Lord, I pray for those this morning who have uh, wrong relationships. And by that, Lord, I mean those who have chosen not to restore relationships they know full well you want them to restore. Lord, I pray, I pray that they be on their hearts this morning. And Lord, if they would like an opportunity to pray together, I'd, I'd love to pray for those broken uh, relationships in their lives. Because Lord, our understanding doesn't work, but your understanding works perfectly. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for the reminder, Lord, that uh, you so cherish right relationships. That you sent your son to the cross that, for right relationships. And may we reflect you in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.